Chapter 40 Ribbons away, the lady hath come out to play. Prim and proper was never a match for the luster of diamonds. And perhaps it was this latest gift from Nicholas, diamond earrings with a matching pendant that had relinquished Jennifer's guard. Jennifer was lying on top of her suitor as she hungrily explored his mouth. Her tongue tingled as it moistly brushed across the tender contours of his lips. The sweetness of Nicholas's breath and the strong yet subtle grip of his hand squeezing her buttocks through her jeans drove her passion to a fevered frenzy. Her unconstrained nipples jabbed out beneath her white silk blouse, inviting any touch or tweak they may receive. Her hips were pressed against his in an erotic primordial ritual, grinding in a palpitating rhythmic motion. The canopied bed in which they lay swayed with their bodies. The satiny linens glided softly against their occasional bared skin. She could scarcely catch her breath, yet her panting dizzied her in delight. There was a faint flickering of candlelight that cast dancing shadows upon the walls. The flames twitched upon pillar candles placed about the room in alabaster holders, which rose from the marbled floor to the height of a man. Thick, velvety tapestry flowed from ceiling to floor and was pulled back in their centers by ropes speckled in metallic glitz. These tapestries extended neither windows nor apertures, only stone and mortar. The remaining decor of the room was antiquated with Baroque works of art. The colors of the paintings were only discernible to Jennifer by means other than sight, but her mind paid little attention to the fluttering details of color. She was preoccupied with the tingling sensation that was swelling in the damp region between her legs. Jennifer began working the buttons of his shirt. With each one undone, she kissed lower on his chest and then stomach with wet lips and tongue. Once at his belt line, she trailed her tongue back up to his neck and teasingly flicked it against his ear. Nicholas moaned and stirred beneath her body. She paused for a moment, easing the fury of passion to stare into his eyes. He flashed a loving smile. The moment he had been longing for had arrived. He wanted to be close to her, to be inside of her as she gave herself to him in her most vulnerable state. He would taste each bit of flesh and enrapture each nerve until they were both left quivering in exhausted satisfaction. Still locking her full into his arms, Nicholas rolled Jennifer over onto her back until he was on top of his prize. His eyes peered into her soul and beyond, piercing through every secret she had ever kept. The diary beneath her bed when she was a young girl, along with a long-forgotten household item that she had used in a pubescent sexual experiment. The algebra exam that she had cheated on. The swatch of cloth that she had doused with her mom's perfume to remind her of a time in her childhood when her mother was rational and loving. Jennifer was released from all of her secrets in his gaze, and all of the discomforting pressure of their containment. Jennifer. Nicholas spoke in a voice that sounded distant and anomalously soft. Jennifer pressed her head back deep into the down pillow beneath her and cast a curious look at Nicholas. Jennifer. Again, his tone was that of a call rather than the natural pitch of speech. This time she recognized the oddity of his voice. It was more than soft. It was feminine. With the front door slightly ajar, Trina stuck her head inside and examined Jennifer's living room. She had rung the doorbell and knocked twice, but Jennifer had not responded. Trina was always invited to enter the home without knocking, an action with which she was not entirely comfortable. Still, she had traveled nearly 40 minutes after interrupting her day with the children. And with the information she possessed, entering Jennifer's house unannounced seemed justified. Despite his attempt to hide it, she had seen Sean's arm around Wendy. Jennifer had a right to know, and if their marriage was destined to end, she had a right to their property and much of its contents, especially if he was having an affair. Trina spied Jennifer sleeping in the reclining chair. A few dishes rested on the end table beside her. Blankets were piled on the couch, and white hair was prevalent on the carpet. A foul odor hung in the air, part landfill, part kennel. Trina gazed at the untidy room in shock. 
Jennifer was a notorious cleaning fanatic. She called Jennifer's name several times, her voice struggling against itself, attempting to blend a holler with a whisper. Jennifer stirred on the chair, the muscles in her face twitching occasionally as they struggled against deep paralysis to portray expression. Trina entered the room and closed the door behind her. A white puppy meandered in, sniffing at her shoes with mild interest before flopping down in front of them. This at least explained the existence of the white hair on the carpet and the kennel smell. Jennifer, are you awake? Trina whispered as she stepped over the dog toward the recliner. Jennifer's twitching suddenly became more prevalent throughout her body, at times even violent. Trina could now see the sweat forming on her creased brow. Whatever she was dreaming, it was not good. Although the news Trina had to share was equally disturbing, she decided it was time to liberate Jennifer from whatever nightmare she was trapped within. A voice to Jennifer's right drew her attention away from Nicholas. An elderly priest knelt beside the bed. Jennifer instantly recognized him from Dr. Conahan's office. The furrow of concern upon his brow was softened by the compassion in his eyes. Nicholas, his voice whispered through hollow, dry lips. You must set the woman free. No! Nicholas shouted like a defiant child, drawing Jennifer's attention back to him. You have no right to interfere, old man. She invited me in. She wanted me to help her. A call of her name swung Jennifer's head back in the direction of the priest. This man and his intentions are not what they seem. You must see beyond. Jennifer turned her attention to see Nicholas's response, but instead found herself suddenly alone. Nicholas? Her words echoed out into the sparsely furnished chamber. A slight chill ran over her skin. The room was dank and cold. She had not noticed it before. An occasional drip of moisture could be heard as it slipped down the wall to strike the stone floor. She wrapped her arms around herself and rose from the bed. The sound of a soft, repetitive creak came to her. Perhaps she was not alone after all. There was some unseen observer in the room. Jennifer squinted through the dim candlelight to see an old rocking chair in the far corner. The chair was occupied by a teenage girl with thick blonde hair that cascaded down her shoulders onto a hospital gown as she dispassionately rocked with a baby in her arms, pressing it tight to her breasts. The tiny infant remained motionless beneath the tattered and strained receiving blanket. I, I didn't know you were in here. Jennifer spoke casually as she rejected her own rising tension. Focusing intently on the tiny child suckling on her bosom, the teen was detached from Jennifer's words or her approach. Jennifer stood over her, looking down on the sight of maternal bliss. She could remember her nights rocking Arlen in his bedroom. The early morning hour, it was silent and peaceful, and Arlen was the only thing in the world. Is that your baby? Jennifer looked down at the teen with an adoring smile. Slowly, the teen raised her head. Her placid, emotionless features were oddly familiar to Jennifer, though her face was insipidly pale and her cheeks appeared abnormally bloated for the apparent weight of the rest of her body. The shade of her dry and cracked lips nearly blended with that of her skin. Her eyes were deep and black. The veins in her forehead rippled beneath her skin like serpents on a sack. She made no effort to speak or even acknowledge the question. Moments passed as her blank stare remained apathetically locked upon Jennifer. Finally, her lips spread apart, struggling against the restraint of black thread that held them shut. The only sound permitted to escape was a hollow wheeze. Jennifer remained impervious to what she was witnessing, still wrapped in the warmth of her memory of Arlen. Can I hold your baby? The girl's gaze remained vacant and unresponsive. Jennifer reached down, giving a corner of the cloth a slight tug. A tiny head flopped free of its nestling. The underdeveloped neck bent grotesquely to the weight. The head hung limply against the teen's arms, twisted so that the face stared lifelessly at Jennifer. The infant's veins and arteries were exposed through a thin layer of skin which covered the head. 
Large eyes occupied nearly half of the fetus's face. Two small fissures acting as nostrils were the only indication of an undefined nose and mouth. There was no more than a small slit in its friable skin. Jennifer gasped at the sight and quickly withdrew her hand. Stomach acid rose in her esophagus, and the erect hair on her flesh urged her to flee. Her body refused to move, locked in a hypnotic stare of the horrific. But not at the underdeveloped fetus's head. It was the other one, the prominent head, which held her eyes. This head was vibrant as it suckled wildly on the breast that had been pulled out from beneath the teen's gown. The second head was more abnormal and ghastly than the first. Its skin was serpent-like, with thick overlaying scales of deep brown. Jennifer labored for breath as she watched the head ravenously retching at the breast. The fetus's head that still hung down over the shoulder shook limply amidst the wild attack of the more vibrant twin. Its large eyes stared at Jennifer pitifully. Another gasp from Jennifer caused the serpent head to snap around in her direction. Its face was covered in blood. The irises, green horizontal slits emphasized by piercing white sclera, dilated as they stared intensely at Jennifer. The mouth was agape, exposing rows of sharp teeth. The thin lips still rested upon the shredded, bloody flesh that was once the nipple of the breast. The creature let out the type of screech that makes any human instinctively cower as it leapt from its nestling and flew at Jennifer's head. She could feel the rush of air against her ear as it thrust past her skin and into her tangles of red hair. Jennifer screamed and shook her head wildly, digging her fingers into her hair to free the creature. She felt a sharp tearing at her flesh as it slid down her back. She turned to see the creature scurry out of the room and disappear down a darkened hallway. A small tail slithered between the two tiny legs that propelled it. The fetus's head grotesquely bobbled against its back as it ran. For a moment, she continued to rake at her hair, repulsed by the creature's entanglement. Adrenaline flooded her muscles and gushed its way into her heart like a shot of nitrous into an intake manifold of a street racer. She swung back around to the rocking chair, and now glided hauntingly empty, propelling back and forth in a friction groan of wood. The air in the chamber grew frigid, and the vapor from her warm gasps swirled in front of her vision. She stepped cautiously into the hallway, keeping one hand against the stone wall for guidance. As she walked, the light that the chamber had allowed her grew faint until she found herself in total darkness. Her fingertips slid upon moist fungus as they glided along the length of the stone wall. She could hear the distinct sound of her own breathing rising over the silence, its tone amplified as it reverberated from the corridor. The cold stone bit like a slab of dry ice beneath her bare feet as she walked. A little further along, the stone path came to an abrupt end as she sank ankle-deep into the muddy soil. Jennifer paused and glanced back toward the opening in the chamber, but the aperture was covered by an inky nebulous. Nothing could escape this darkness. Not light, not Jennifer. There was no sense of direction in this void. Right, left, up, down. She was hopelessly disoriented. The mud and the frigid air suggested that she were outdoors, though no moon or stars were in sight. Perhaps she was trapped in some outdoor maze with walls that had been erected for some ill intent to trap the wandering innocent some ghastly gauntlet that would lead the unsuspecting to some horrific fate at its conclusion. The thought burrowed through her mind, devouring any sense of hope. She struggled against it, determined to cling to her sanity. She pressed forward down the long, dank hallway, pulling her feet free of the mud as each step produced a loud sucking sound. Her fingers and toes grew numb with the chill. Jennifer froze her advance as a sudden and inhuman shriek echoed in the confines of the stone retainers. She squinted through the darkness, attempting to capture any available light. She saw the corridor ahead as it angled sharply to the left. The sight elated her. She could see again. Light from beyond the bend was casting its flickering glow upon the protruding stones of the wall. She quickened her pace, struggling against the gripping earth. 
At length, she reached the wall of light and turned to see what was beyond. The breach opened up into what could be the way out, or perhaps the entrance to another chamber. The light upon the wall writhed and twitched like the luminescence from an unseen fire. This was not the fire from a candle. This was much larger, burning with a high intensity. Jennifer stepped through the portal and into an area with no boundaries. A large bonfire blazed on the ground to her right. The flames crackled and popped, throwing sparks high into the air to float until they were extinguished by the moisture in the atmosphere. Jennifer paused, allowing her eyes to adjust to the intensity of the light. Following a few steps forward, her gaze fixed upon the young blonde girl standing just beyond the fire. The teen stood unflinchingly, dead eyes transfixing in an eternal stare. The area of the gown between her hips was soaked in blood, and her feet were coated with a thin layer of clay. Jennifer halted her advance, awaiting any movement from the girl. She was uncertain how to proceed in this eerie expanse that seemed to have avoided the usual earthly confines. Jennifer felt a swift graze against her ankle as something rushed between her legs. The slight touch caused her skin to crawl, setting off a repulsed shiver through her body. She saw the tiny infant creature dart toward the teen as it screeched. It reached out to clutch the teen's gown as its serpentine eyes cast an evil gaze back at Jennifer. The teen slowly stretched out her fist. Within its tight grasp was a single white rose. She turned her hand over and methodically opened her fingers. The rose dropped into the muddied soil. Trickles of blood seeped from the thorn wounds of her palm and followed the rose to the ground. Her lips struggled to part as the words help me hissed from between the thread that had once sewn them shut in the confine of her earthly crypt. The vapor from her breath hitting the chilled air swirled out of her mouth, clouding the view of her face. The infant creature flashed its razor teeth, releasing another hideous shriek. It shouted in a raspy voice, Get rid of it! before climbing up underneath the teen's gown. Jennifer's breath came out in brief pants. Her lungs felt as though they were being compressed by phantom hands. She wanted to speak, to scream, but she was barely able to breathe. I see you've met the little woman. The voice of Nicholas came from behind her, but this time he sounded different. His voice was hollow and strained. She turned to see him standing a few feet behind her. He was dressed in the traditional black hopsack blazer, clergy vest and white collar of a Catholic priest. His face was decayed almost beyond recognition with graying flesh hanging from his cheekbones and clinging strips. Sorry, I've been meaning to tell you about her, but these little things tend to slip my mind. He walked up to Jennifer and leaned in to whisper in her ear. I think she's okay with us. At least, she hasn't said anything. He cast a glance at the team, pausing to ponder the thought. Could be the thread, though. Jennifer opened her mouth to speak, but terror had parched her throat beyond its ability to vocalize. She backed away from him, keeping her eyes fixed on the dilapidated man in front of her. The foul smell of his presence now sickened her stomach. Nicholas, please, I, I don't understand, she finally managed. Nicholas, please, I don't understand, he mocked. Is that not the trouble with dreams? Reality always gets in the way. But what the hell, let's finish what we started. Jennifer could feel the flames of fire burning at her back. She turned towards the teen standing motionless behind her. Nicholas followed her gaze. Oh, don't worry about her. I'm sure she understands my attraction to you. After all, you do bear a striking resemblance to each other. Jennifer suddenly realized why the teen looked familiar. Nicholas was right. The girl was nearly a mirroring image of herself. She turned back towards Nicholas, barely able to hold her gaze. The slight of his decaying body was repulsive. Fear alone held her attention. It isn't the priest's outfit, is it? I thought you'd enjoy a man in uniform. Besides, 
I've been told it's the secret fantasy of all sluts to turn a righteous man over by their charms. He waved his hand, motioning down the length of Jennifer's body. And you most certainly have the charms. Jennifer stumbled back over the bonfire. The heat flared up her calves. She allowed a fleeting glance down at the burning embers, finally seeing what had fueled the fire. Hundreds of Bibles had been tossed in a pile, Old and New Testaments burning beneath the fury of the flames. You like it? Nicholas coyly commented to her. It's my own private collection. The storylines were a little tough to follow, all those parables, but you have to admit, they sure make one hell of a bonfire. Jennifer's mind worked frantically for an escape. She had to flee. Her heart thumped even louder within the confines of her ribs as she prepared her muscles for the jaunt. She turned on her heels and threw herself into a run, screaming at the teen as she ran past. Run! Get away now! Her legs struggled as her feet trudged through the soaked clay. With each step, her foot sunk deeper into the earth. The damp chill penetrated through the flesh until the bones in her feet ached. Her pace slowed, but her effort intensified as she struggled with every muscle in her body straining to exhaustion. She could hear the padding of the soil beneath his feet. He was pursuing her. She shot a quick glance over her shoulder. The son of a bitch was walking! He was walking and gaining on her! As she stepped, her foot sunk deep until her ankle was completely submerged in the muck. She tried desperately to step again, but her foot was held by the powerful suction of the ground. Pulling with all she was worth, she could hear the rise and the fall of his approaching breaths. She shifted her weight forward, suddenly hearing a loud, sickening crack. She looked down to see her leg bent parallel to her foot. Her leg was moving, but her foot was not. She tested her ankle by pulling gently. The skin stretched just above the ankle. The bone had broken clean. There was only one option. Tears filled her eyes as an additional tug began ripping the flesh. Bone collected in a pool around her clay and trapped ankle until almost with a thurp, her leg tore free of the foot, sending her crashing face down into the mud. Pain shot up her leg, tingling with the sting of a thousand wasps. His feet came into view as he stood over her fallen body. He slid a foot under her hip and flipped her onto her back. His hands smacked against her throat, gripping it with crushing force before whisking her off the ground to hold her body out in midair. He pulled her close until her face was inches away from his. Well, you are kind of ugly, but a kiss is still a kiss. Nicholas drew her closer, his lips parted to apply a kiss. She gagged at the smell of his foul breath, setting off a violent fit of coughing. Maggots tumbled from his lower jaw as a tongue sticky with bile protruded from between his lips. His grip drew ever tight about her neck, choking off her airway. Jennifer made a desperate attempt to avoid his lips, turning her head as far as she could. She closed her eyes tight to avoid the sight of his face. She could feel the trail of slime left on her cheek as his tongue worked along its contours. She chanced to open her eyes and was relieved to see the face of Trina. The view beyond Trina's face was no longer the murky chamber of her dream. Instead, it was her own living room. She shifted her eyes to see Nicholas still attempting to reach her lips, his hand wrapped around her neck, squeezing relentlessly. She was being strangled and was helpless to stop it. She turned back to Trina with a pleading look of terror. Trina's eyes were wide in shock and concern. Her lips were moving, but Jennifer could not hear the words being spoken. Her sleep paralysis had struck her momentarily deaf. A moment of silence and sight that seemed endless until at last sound burst forth into Jennifer's ears. Oh my god! Trina shouted as she began to shake Jennifer's body in a desperate attempt to revive her. Jen, wake up! You're choking!